Welcome to Views of the Next Podcast, and I'm your host, Lama. I'd like to thank y'all all for tuning in, where I have various guests come on this podcast to talk about an ex. Now, I don't like how y'all treated Freud in episode 85. I said he was all over the place with his story and that you couldn't finish it. I said he was long-winded. Well, he was long-winded. I ain't gonna lie. Um, I said some negative things. There were some positives where they said they're glad that he's seeking therapy and getting help. Um, they hope he changes uh, uh, from this relationship. I think he would be a better man in his next relationship, just based off of this one. It sounds like a man that jumped the gun, broke up with the girl, broke her heart, and tried to get back. Like, he fe- he, he probably felt like, uh, damn, I lost a good thing. I want to get back now. And now she's not with it. She's moved on. Some of you are like, I want to hear her side of the story. Well, she did hear the episode and reached out to me. She told me how she felt about the episode and that she was glad that he's getting help. And it's brave of him to come on a podcast to tell a story. She says she wouldn't do it. She feels like being quiet is the best thing she could do right now. I don't know the beef they have with, with each other, but they don't talk like that. But they did speak about the episode. And I might ask Freud, how did it go? I'm definitely a nosy individual. So I be wanting to know stuff like that, especially after his ex listened to him spill his heart out. Kind of regret breaking up with her and breaking her heart and low key wanting her back. Like, what did she say to him after listening to that? I, I'll put it on a Patreon when I get that answer. If he does, uh, tell me. But now we up to episode 86, and it features Stella Belafonte. Now, I love Stella energy. Now, I ain't gonna lie. I might, I might have her do another episode, because she was just so energetic. She know how to tell a story. She got a, a voice of a podcaster. She reminds me of, like, a Wendy Williams. Um... And she's, she's just animated and, and, and energetic. And I need that on this podcast. I love when a person comes with the energy and just know how to tell a story. No shots at anybody that came on this podcast, but we had some instances where people don't know how to tell a story. But Stella came in. She gave me three options to choose from. And after looking at some of the comments from a previous episode, she was like, you know what? I'm going to just pick this one. And she comes on to tell a story about a man that she met on a train and ended up being abusive. Now, this episode was recorded at Boa Ramen, and I have it on video. So go subscribe to the YouTube, look up Views of an X and subscribe. And also go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Views of an X. I will be posting some more videos. Just be patient with me. I'm trying to learn how to edit still. And I think I got it down packed. So I will have some behind the scenes footage of some of the episodes that aired and the drama that happened behind it. So again, patreon.com slash views of an X. I will definitely have more content on there in July than I had in June. I'm sorry about June. I'm just trying to edit, just trying to learn how to edit video. So I could just sit there in front of this camera, talk to y'all, tell y'all this tea about why this dude was gonna try to sue me and all types of stuff. It's a lot to talk about. So patreon.com slash views of an X. Last but not least, Rate this podcast on the Apple Podcast app and on Spotify. Just type in Views of an X, scroll down, you should see the stars, leave a review, or just rate it with the stars. And also on Spotify, you can do the same. I'm out of here. Go to viewsofanx.com and see what last minute merch I have. I'm trying to get rid of them so I can start on something new. So help me out there if you can. And thank you to Tony Vilka. He bought the last Kanye 10 shower shirt. I may not bring that drink back. To be honest, I may not bring it back. So go to viewsofnext.com and see what I have left. I'm trying to get rid of everything. 
I'll see y'all next time. Enjoy episode 86 featuring Stella Belafonte. Bye. Buatai Ramen. How do you like the spot? The spot is absolutely beautiful. All my guests that come here, they're like, I got to bring my joints here. I got to bring for date night. <laughs> so it's good that they had me back. I ain't been here in a while. So oh, my last okay. recording was here. But before that, it was like two, three months. No, this is a place I think I could come to at least once a month. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like you said, with a date, girls' yep. night. Yep. This is really nice. So uh, nice to have you, Stella. We, nice um, to be a llama. So how did you find me first? Okay. Honestly, I'm on so many of the black podcast pages, like the comedy mm-hmm. and romance. I feel like I found you on either Tahoe's page. Yes. It was yes. definitely Tahoe. I was going to say either Tahoe or Eight at the Table. Tahoe's but page. When yeah. I went to Tahoe's page, it's, I was just drawn to you. Something mm-hmm. just said, click, view, and I was hooked. I started really? following you that day. I'm so serious. Was it the pee in the mouth thing? That video? No, no. It was you were talking to a gentleman um, who had... Um, oh, yes. A, the roommate. Yes, yes the yes, roommate. Yes. who She lived like um, a college dorm yes, in her yeah, apartment. And yes. it was weird as shit. <laughs> but I you was find intrigued. It weird, right? Yeah, it was very weird. You seen the comments? People yeah, were like, like who no, that's regular. Like that? No, that's yeah. not regular. Yeah. If that's how you have to live as an adult, you need to find somewhere exactly. to be. Because I had a roommate and I used to just put the stuff there. Yeah. He runs here telling me like, oh, I took some bread. I'll, I'll, I'll buy it when I go out. Oh. Just work hand in hand. Communication. Oh. But yeah. Um... So you, yeah, you you reached out to me. Yes, I did. And the DM, he was like, I like your podcast. <laughs> it goes down in the DM. Yes. He was like, I love your podcast. Yes. And I got a story to tell you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I'm listening to see if you send me a voice note. So I'm listening to the voice. I was like, she got the voice to do podcasting. <laughs> and you got your own podcast. We'll talk about that. Yes. So I was like, she got a good voice. So I was like, it should be good. Thank you. And he was like, yeah, it's juicy too. Because I have three situations I can pick from. <laughs> yes. And I was like, so out of the three, which one is the most traumatic? Mm-hmm. And you was like, Two or three. It was an ex that did something and another ex that did something. Right. You picked the one that They've did something. They've all done something. Yes. <laughs> and you went to the violent one. Yes. And that's we're going to talk about that's today. That's the one that we're going to get into today. That's right. a story that I have never been able to express. And mm. I feel grateful to be given the opportunity to talk about it. Because yeah. it's something that's been sitting on my mind for years, actually. Right, right. Yes. All right. So um, before we get into that, tell the people who you are. What do you do? Okay. I'm Stella Belafonte. I'm a Brooklyn girl. Now, how Brooklyn did you wait? First, let me cut you off. Where did this Belafonte thing come from? Okay. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I didn't want to go with my real name when I decided that I was going to maybe get into podcasting myself. All so right. the very first night that I recorded a podcast, I was with one of my closest homegirls. Got you. We were sitting and drinking Stella Rosa wine. Wow. And we was, I went, look, and smoking CBD. Uh-huh. Because I work for the city, so I can't smoke, like, anything real THC. Yeah, oh, I can't wow. smoke THC. So we smoking a little CBD, and I was drinking Stella Rosa. And I said, you know what? This is some good shit. Yeah. I said, you know what? I should call myself Stella. I said, but wait a minute. If I call myself Stella, they're going to start thinking, <laughs> oh, Stella got a group back. back. I said, yep, I don't yep. care. So then she said, you know what? Give yourself a last name. Don't just be Stella. I said, you know what? And mind you, I'm tipsy. I'm full of CBD. 
I said, you know, I'm going to throw Bella Fonte on it. And if you ask me why Bella, Bella Fonte, Fonte yeah. I'm giving away my age. I'm in my 40s. Mm-hmm. When I was a little girl, Harry Bella Fonte was one of the yeah, grooviest cats around. And that name was just so over the top yeah. and dramatic. You ain't never met a Bella Fonte in At your all. life. Well, you met one today and here I am. <laughs> With my Bangkok mule, Stella Belafonte. I already know. It's hit me now. I love the feeling. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Stella. What's the name of your podcast and how long you been doing it? Okay, I've been doing it since November and I'm such an amateur. For anyone who's interested, it's called Tasty Top Picks, Mm T-O-P hyphen picks. And you can find me on Spotify and Anchor FM and Google and that's about it for now, but it's I call it Tasty Topics, uh-huh. and basically it's just food and fuckery for the soul. I drop okay. a new episode every Tuesday, okay. so if you're interested, find me there, Stella Belafonte at Tasty That Topics. sounds good. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. All right. And we are here today on Views of an Ex. Uh-oh. Talk about an ex. Dun, dun, dun. First, what I want to get into, uh, I've seen on the, on the questionnaire that you've been in one prior relationship other than this uh before you got into this one, right? Yes, and the reason being, okay, I was explaining the llama with this relationship, this ex, I'm digging in the crates. This is a situation that occurred when I was in my very early 20s and I'm right. in my 40s now. So prior to this relationship, I was only in one other semi-relationship. You know, a lot of puppy love, yeah, high school yeah, yeah. relationships, yeah, yeah. sweethearts. This was like my first Adult? grown up yes, year. Yes. Like I got a man, not yeah, just yeah, yeah. a boyfriend. Now, before we start, uh-huh. got to do the fake name, right? There we go. the fake name, uh-huh. you got to describe how they look. I got you. Um, All right. So if they walk into this restaurant, yes. how do you think he will look? If he walked into this restaurant, everybody would just drop to their feet because, honestly, he was so fine. Really? And black, we're going to get black, black and Hispanic. He was mixed. Okay. He was from uptown. And he was tall, a little on the light side. And if I could give a celebrity to describe who he looked like, I would say Chris Brown. Like, Chris imagine Brown? Chris Brown after several crunches and, and, and working out real hard. Not a skinny hard. Chris Brown. No, a, a lean, mean Chris Brown. Like, all you right. know, Chris Brown is kind of like a bag of bones. Yeah, yeah, But all yeah. the girls like him. So imagine yeah. Chris Brown with his looks. You know, everybody likes the face, the hair, but with some rips and cuts. Okay. That's what my ex reminded me of. Wow. Yeah. So that, and that's back in, like, the 90s. Ooh, no, no, no. Look, not that far back. <laughs> Let's bring it a little further into the new millennium. Actually, it was early 2000s. Okay, okay, okay. Very early. All right. And um, th- at that time, do you have braids? I know braids. You know and- what? I'm going to be honest with you. In the very early 2000s, that's when I first started experimenting with wigs. And it was not like it is now. You see how everything yeah, now everything is a wig. beautiful. Yeah. No, everything's a good wig. Ooh, they were not so good back that, then. What would they give that, you? They was giving you whatever they had. That's when the only, look, we didn't have MUAs and, you know, stylists that was hooking you up. You had to go to the Korean or yeah. the Vietnamese or the whoever and just grab you a wig, whatever you could afford. I That's was young. That's for the women. I was talking about the men. Like, Lil oh. Bow Wow was out at that time. Oh, you're talking about Lil the style. Wayne. You know yes. what? Back then, a lot of guys were running around with Queen rose yeah absolutely but my dude no he had dark waves like okay, a okay. nice dark fade really nice wavy hair kept a fresh cut uh-huh. so yeah no braids so actually in I the braids the name, uh oh we're gonna call him cashmere <laughs> I, you know what it's so funny you said that the way i described him <laughs> i said no i'm not lying no shit because i felt like he needed it over the top Smooth, silky yeah, name, and see? cashmere is it. You just made my Got day it. with that. All right. I was I'm like, ready for Stella and cashmere. 
All right, Stella and Cashmere, we got it. Okay. So take us back to where I first met. Take you way back, back in the time. Okay, um, this was my first experience living uptown. I'm a Brooklyn okay. girl. Okay. So um, I was invited to leave home mm-hmm. because I was being fast. Mm-hmm. You know what that means, yeah. staying out all night. Yeah. And I was raised by my grandparents. I lived in my family's house. So when I was in my very early 20s, mm-hmm. I had gotten into a phase where it's like, I'm going to do what I want to do. Right. And my family felt like, you can do what you want to do. You just ain't going to do it here. Mm. So I had a couple of real close friends that lived uptown. And they invited me to come live up there, too, because um, Stella had to go. My grandfather was actually, can I tell you a real funny story, Mom? Uh, yeah. I ended up uptown. Um, I was laying in the bed one day, and I heard a knock on my bedroom door. My no. grandfather walked in my bedroom with a real estate agent. It was like, come on, let's go. And took me to some terrible apartments to look for, and I, and How I just old started you, like crying. I was no in my early early twenties, but okay. I wasn't ready to leave home. I was just back ready in those times. Parents like eighteen, yeah. you out. and then. But no, it's like my family felt like as long as you were acting right, doing the right thing, mm-hmm. had a job, you can stay here. Not just staying out all night with the right. fellas, hanging out with your friends, coming home drunk, and then thinking that you're gonna live here. So right. he walked in my room with a real estate agent. Like I said, very early twenties. Yeah, and um, hurt my feelings. Made me get in the car, go look at this shitty apartment. And after that, I called my friends crying. It was like, girl, you can come move uptown. And that was how I ended up there. uptown. Yeah. Wow. Was it a, a culture shock? Absolute culture yeah, cause, shock. Cause people don't understand. <laughs> people outside of New York don't understand. Oh, we live in five boroughs, but they yes, all are different. It's like five different kingdoms. Yes. And I had to explain to my friend, she mm-hmm. lives in Chicago. She was like, so what's the difference between the Bronx and Brooklyn? Everything. And this, yeah. All things. <laughs> and she's like, what about Harlem and Queen? I was like, I had to explain it to her. It's, it's, it's a lot yes, to get into. They are. It, I'm yeah, serious. Everybody's different. own individual kingdom. Yes. And the Bronx, as you said, was total culture shock. Yeah. Um, one thing I thought was cute about the Bronx that I couldn't really get used to it first was, you know, a, there's a lot of Afro-Latinos in the yes, Bronx. Yes, And Especially Harlem. Upside, yeah, uptown, you know, being up, that up, I was up, uptown. Yeah. You know, Bronx, Harlem, wherever. And there was a lot of Afro-Latinos. And you would have blacks just walk up to you and start speaking Spanish. Yes. Just assuming that you spoke Spanish. They still Spanish. do that to this day. Look, Lama, I had one lady come up to me speaking Spanish and I had to give her hands like, no, cut English only. She said, you don't speak Spanish? She said, mommy, that's a shame. She told me it was a shame. Uh, you you <laughs> learn English. but you, you came to America. What are you Not talking about? Oh, one more thing. This was so far back in the early 2000s. When you still had phone books to look yes, up phone yes, numbers. Yes. And in the Bronx, this was the only borough that did this. They actually had a whole separate yellow pages in Spanish only. So that was, I swear to God. What? And that was definitely a culture shock. I had never seen anything like that. So that book was big. Yeah. Because yeah, if you had both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All, All right. Spanish businesses and no English. It was it was cool though. It was yeah. Cool. So early 2000s, mm-hmm. you in the Bronx and you, how you bump into... Okay, so I'm going to tell you. So anyway, like I said, since I was invited to leave home and I called my friends crying, I'm going to shout out my girlfriend, Danielle, told me that I could come stay with her. She was a friend actually through a family member that I'm not close to anymore. So I'm not even going to mention him. And she had her own apartment. Like, you know, back then when you were in your early 20s, I don't know if you experienced this. This was the time where you had parents that were packing up and leaving home, yeah, leaving the kids, the apartment, apartment yeah, yeah, yeah. or somebody yeah. would die and you yeah. would inherit the old yeah. apartment. And that's what ended up happening. Well, she was she, good. Yeah, well, actually, she inherited her mom's apartment because yeah. her mother passed away. Okay. So she had a big two-bedroom apartment. She was in there all by herself. Yeah. She had just had a baby. And I was like, yeah, won't you come stay with me? And I said, hell yeah. <laughs> and she was like, you know, I won't 
charge you much. I think at that time, um, she was telling me I could pay her one fifty every two weeks. Can you imagine a beautiful big apartment? You know, uptown and doing what I want. We was just like the peanuts, no adults. Well, we yeah. were the adults. We were young adults. Yeah, just having fun and living. So how I met Cashmere, living in the Bronx, riding the train. Look, okay. two thirty thirty white flames. And um, you know, that's back when meeting a dude on the train was cool. And I felt somebody watching me. I'm sitting on the five train, coming from Brooklyn to the Bronx one day. And I felt them watching me. So when the doors opened for me to get off, he actually pulled me. And I said, got up and pulled me. That was like, it made my heart race. Like, it was very aggressive. Yeah. He got up and he pulled me. I said, you going to make me miss my stop. He said, no, you're not. And he got off with me. Mm. And that's when he asked my name. And just imagine, like I said, he was fine like Chris Brown. And how, how, describe yourself at, at this time. I was not um, Chris Brown's match. Honestly, um, I had a lot of issues with self-esteem back then i was a little on the hefty side mm-hmm. um again i was going through it because i had just left home okay. for the first time as an adult i'm uptown with all of these strange people yeah. like it was just i wasn't feeling good honestly i wasn't looking to meet anybody so when he saw me i didn't even understand what he saw in me yeah, but yeah. he liked what he saw and he sure stopped me <laughs> and i got something else to add to that so this is so far back where Phones were in black and white. There was yeah. no color, yeah. no nothing. You flip had phones. to go flip phone. Not even. This is even before the flip Damn. phone. You had to go by minutes. So we were still yes. exchanging yes. numbers by paper. It was easier than to try to save it immediately mm-hmm. on your phone. And at that time, I was 24 years old. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, I said, how old are you? Guess how old he was. What? 20 years old. 20? So I was a cougar at 24. <laughs> and back then, we didn't have a term for that. So I was a damn 24. But he just looked so good. He was over six feet yeah. tall. You know, just aggressive and fine. I was like, you 20? I said, you a baby. He was like, I look like a baby. So mind you, he had on like dusty construction clothes. Yeah. He said, come on, I'm a man. I work. And I was just so intrigued. Yeah. That was It was just like, that's wow. it. It's, Take my number. Let's go. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Me and Cashmere. He, t- he took your number. We exchanged. We exchanged numbers. Now, did you give the number to the girl apartment? Um, oh, you had no, a cell phone? No, I had, my, I had a I cell, had phone. cell phone. All right, all right. So we exchanged. But it's just we wrote it down. Even yes, though we yes. had cell phones, yes. it was still easier writing numbers yeah. down back then. So I those remember. old phones, you had to click, yeah, click, click, click. Like, yeah. There wasn't no screenshots or yeah. nothing back then. I don't even think they had a memo pad and phones nothing. back then to save it was just anything. Call and, <laughs> yeah, and, that's it. Hang up. Call and hang up. And play snake. That's yeah, it. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, you know what? My memory, I can get it back. The night that Cashmere and myself exchanged numbers, we actually saw each other that night because he lived uptown. Wow. And he came. That's when it was okay to come around somebody's way and sit on the stoop yeah, and kick yes, it. Yes, yes. And that's what he did. Our first night was him coming to sit so on the stoop. So you went stoop. home already? And yeah, he I came went home. He called. Chill. he called me. Yes. And we started talking. He asked me what I was doing. Absolutely nothing. nothing. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay. Look, just, just living my best, worst life. And, and he came and he sat and he kicked it with me and... I had like the hard eyes for him yeah, that yeah. night. 
Like, wow. I, I fell for him. What did y'all talk about? What was it? Everything. We talked a lot about Brooklyn. That's yeah. one thing I learned about with guys uptown. They want to know. It's like Brooklyn intrigues them. Yeah. Like, yo, so what you, you lived in Brooklyn all your life then. What you do out there in Brooklyn? And I was telling him, you know how I wanted to get my first apartment on my own in a few months and how we had the housewoman. Just kicking it about everything. Yeah. The first thing he asked me is going to be a lot of Brooklyn cats there. I'm like, yeah. you got to understand, at that time, Brooklyn was so grimy. <laughs> yeah, Brooklyn was. Dudes was they even the had a reason. song about Brooklyn. Okay, I don't know if you remember a song Brooklyn's in the house. Yeah. They were so corny uptown. You know they changed the words to Brooklyn stole the couch. I was you like, lying. that doesn't even make sense. Who says that? I kid you not. Right hand to go. I said Brooklyn stole yes. the couch. Yeah. They were so grimy. Yeah, they I didn't was like grimy Brooklyn. and goofy about Brooklyn. But anyway, um, so me and Cashman kicked it. You know, we got into our interests. And that's back then. I'm only in my early 20s. Yeah. The only dates I had ever been on with men was movies, dinner, yeah. dinner, movies. So he asked me, he said, you ever played pool? Um, I think I had been out on a pool date with a guy before yeah. who actually took me to play pool. And I watched him and all his friends. Mm -hmm. But I never participated. Okay. So he was like, we're going to play pool this weekend. So let's just fast forward maybe to that Friday and we went to some big Bronx pool room drinking and playing pool. I think I know where that's at. <laughs> yeah, I know where that's at. And it was like close to the Third train. Avenue Bridge. Yeah, but it's a train there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like the yes, overpass. Yes. And it was just so much. And this is back then. Yeah. So you can remember it. That means that place is it's like old. a staple in the it's Bronx. It's still old, but yeah. Yeah, I know where you went. But it had a lot of like nice energy mm -hmm. and you know he was doing all the shit that men do when you play pool they lean over oh, mind you, you. Yeah. I'm bugging cause this dude is four years younger than me mm -hmm. but he was so grown was like mature. throwing his arms around me like this is how you gotta hold your pool stick <laughs> let me show you this is how you rack them up this is the object that it can't at 20 years old yeah. when I tell you mind blowing okay let me rewind again now, I said that I hadn't been in any real relationships, but what I had done in my early 20s, I had a series of, like, sugar daddies. You know, I was wait, at wait, that... Wait, 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 Yeah. At what age did you have a sugar in daddy? In my 20s. I'm yes. honestly from my late last year high school. I was really one of those girls who took pride in only dating older men. Like, that was the thing for us in Brooklyn. Like, wow. please, we don't date high school boys. We only date grown men. So, for me to date somebody four years younger than me, that was, like... Yes. Definitely outside of my comfort zone. Yes. And because we just assumed that younger men had nothing to offer, nothing to show you. We believed in the bullshit that grown men were the providers, that they were the ones that spent all the money. Gotcha. So I got this 20-year-old showing me how to play pool. And he ordered drinks for us. Like, I remember this clear as day. I'm wow. drinking. I'm like, <laughs> Wow. It, it was just so, it, it got to the point where I had to look up at him like, your fine ass is only 20. I couldn't believe it. So, yeah, that was our first day. And that's how we felt for each other. And so, he was feeling you. Now, yes. you got personality. Where did that come from? Yeah, like, you know what? You're animated. Um, yeah. Well, I was looking at your IG page. I was like, she's, like, you outgoing, animated. You. you know what? It's, it's natural. One thing I will say, I had a family member who told me, because she's the same sign as me. I'm a tourist woman. All right. And she said, you know what? We was born lit, cousin. That's just <laughs> what it is. I've always yeah. just been that way. Like, fun, um, a good time. It's just like 
good times. And yeah. I and I also had a family that was into a lot. Like I had a family that was always out traveling and dancing. Like we came from the family where the adults didn't look for babysitters when it was time to go out. They took the kids too. Yeah, yeah. We sat in the cold room. You know what I mean? Yeah. They had friends that had houses with bars in the basement. So you right, know, right. we had a good time. That's good. That's yeah, good. It, it's natural. <laughs> so from the pool, uh, mm-hmm. they. Where did it go next? Oh, so you know what happens after that. All of the hugging and the kissing and the loving and the squeezing. And that's the thing. For him to be so young, he was so affectionate. And Mm -hmm. that really, like, blew my mind, too. I had never experienced, like, anybody younger than me, period. So that first day, I can remember him just pulling me into him. Like, when he walked me to my door, like, grabbing me for kids. Like, he was dramatic with it. Like, cash, man. What? He was a lover. Like, at 20 years old, I don't know what kind of porns this man had been watching <laughs> or what kind of game he learned from his older brothers and cousins, but they definitely schooled him. Like, I can remember that far back. He was the type that when he kissed you, he took you by your chin and pulled your face close yeah. to it. Like, what the fuck do a 20-year-old know right. about something like, but I got to sip on this drink. Mm. <laughs> yeah, Cashman had a lot of um stuff with him. Right. Yeah, so um, so after that, it's just, we just started, we saw each other once or twice, and then boom, next thing you know, he was upstairs in my friend's apartment. Um, Would you? Oh, absolutely. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Yeah. That fast? More, at, yeah, that fast. After that day, Cashman was my boyfriend. Oh, let me talk about... Let me go back. What's what's going on? (laughs) Well, you know what? Back then, I think things were easier. Okay. Mm -hmm. They were so much easier because it's like once you like somebody and started Mm -hmm. hanging out, they were your boyfriend after that. Like, you didn't even ask questions. It was like, you my boyfriend, right? Like, I'm seeing you. Like, that's it. After, like, having sex? No, like, no, this is all the lead. And I'm talking about, like, after that date, he was my boyfriend. So when I say he ended up upstairs in my bedroom, I felt comfortable inviting him into my home, around my home, girl. He took a liking to her. Like, I would say within, like, the next couple of days, this man fit in, like, family. Mm. Like, they looked forward to cashmere coming through. Yeah. Wow. Oh, and I got to tell you, another thing that turned me on about Cashman, uh-huh. at 20 years old, he was a freaking hard hat. He was a construction worker. Yes, yeah. Told you the day I met him, he had on dirty construction yeah. clothes. So I didn't know nothing about the construction world back mm-hmm. then. I'm in my early 20s. I just know they made money. Yeah. So let's just say at 20 years old, this man was probably bringing home, he was getting paid under That's the table. Not, he yeah. was non-union. I would say about $1,000 a week. Just straight time. Yeah, so yeah. when he worked overtime, oh my goodness. Yeah. And Cashmere was generous too. Yeah, we so can get the, into the, that. He used to buy you stuff. Yeah, it got to the point bring where food and all that. He was the food bringer. And being that I lived, you know, with a roommate with my yeah. friend Danielle, he would just come through, like bring food. Like I would say after the third week or so, he would come in and he'd be like, Yo, Danielle in her room. He's like, yeah, knock on the door here. This is for you. Plunking down $50. But she liked to see cash yeah, coming, yeah. you know. It was just that type of guy. Like, yeah, he was wow. very generous with his money. He was mm-hmm. outgoing. And, it, and it's like something about him, he just felt like, I got to be the man. Right, And right, it was right. something that he would say in the time that I was dating him. Like, let me do that. I'm the man. Mm. So, I like So, tell that. me a little bit more about him. Did he have hobbies? Did he... Have a family that you stayed with? Hobbies, hobbies, hobbies. That you asked the right question. Uh Um, That's what we want to get into. He actually had a horrible hobby that I didn't know about. It actually didn't develop 
until we got further into our relationship. And just to let you know, everybody listening, views of an ex audience, our relationship was very short lived. As mm. I was explaining to you in the DM, yeah. it lasted for a season. We just moved at like the speed of a, a moving train yeah. because everything was just happening. It just felt so good. Yeah. You know, he was just sexy. He was romantic. He was generous with his money. But the hobby that he was into, I had to get rid of him early. And I, I'll tell you why. So anyway, as we're yeah. chugging along, just to let you know, it was the warm season, just like yeah. this, like spring going into summer. Mm-hmm. So by summertime, he was really comfortable being yeah. with me. We started going on dates at least once a week. Um, you know, dinner movies, pool, yeah, yeah. bowling or whatever the usual. Like you said, the sex. Um, is it okay to talk about sex? You can sex? talk about anything on this podcast. Okay. This is one thing that I got wrapped up in. This young boy sex knocked me out. At 20 years old, again, I, he, oof, I'm you losing my You was only used to one person? No, not that I was used to one well. person. It's I was used to older men. Yeah. You know, and then if I did have somebody my age, it was some bullshit. Like I said, yeah. puppy love, regular stuff. I had never had mind-blowing sex. And this 20-year-old <laughs> young <laughs> you man. 20-year-old. Yeah, because you know what? Like I said, I was four years old. I was 24 at the time. So to have, it, it's like, put it like this, all the shit he was doing and making me feel, the, the saying they have nowadays is, I know you fucking lying. It, yeah. it, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I said, this man knew how to kiss. He knew how to grab. <laughs> Can I get real graphic? Yeah. This was the first man that did the, the choke technique on me oh, at wow. 20. He was the first man to take his hands and put them around my throat during sex and look me in my eyes while he was giving it to me. Like, I had never experienced no yeah, shit yeah. like that. Turned you up. I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> cash man. Young man. Young man. Who taught you? Mm-hmm. I, like, oh, I want to shake the hand. And um, it, it was good. It yeah. felt real good. And he was working hard. I am going to say he did like to drink. And um, it got to the point where I noticed as we went along that he didn't drink just to have a good time. It seems like he was drinking to kill his pain, just Mm. to um, get into a little of his background. Came from a single parent home. He had a mother that was chasing her own demons. You know, Mm -hmm. she had had habits in the past and, you know, being neglectful of her children. So I Kind of, yeah, all of it, the whole shit, drugs, like like not really being there for her kids like she should (laughs) have. And I'm starting to think, I'm getting from that, that's where all of his his whole thing about I'm the man, I got to be the man. Maybe there was a point in his life he felt like he had to be the protector in his household. Like he didn't give me a lot of his background, but he said a lot without saying it, Mm -hmm. you know, so... So you had to learn from the streets, yeah. probably. Yeah. And then, just to let you know, in the construction world, uh, there was a lot of drinking on the job going on at that time. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't care how you got it done. As long as you can have liquor you, you can have a couple of cans get of beer, done, just yeah. get the job done. And that's the type of... I did construction once. Mm-hmm. The, the people that's hiring you, they don't really know. They're just picking you up, mm-hmm. taking to the spot. Especially like, you for know. men. As long as you look strong, young, and yes, capable, yeah. they do, just don't fall out drunk on the job. Exactly, so. yeah. They don't care about anything. It's just picking you up. Yeah. You go to the location. They pick you up. Mm-hmm. Do the job. So he was definitely um, imbibing at work. Yes. And then it got to the point where when I saw him, I could tell he started smelling like liquor to me. It was yeah. just like, 
I would say after about two months of dating, it got to a point where it's like, when is this nigga not drunk? It, he was starting to but lose. How would he act when he was drunk? Ridiculous. Like, it, it really just started. It was just like, this isn't fun So it was like anymore. a Dr. Jekyll. Yes. It's like he just completely changed on me. And I just didn't understand. I'm like, is it the heat? Because I told you we met in the start of the spring. Yeah. So maybe as the heat, you know, of the summer came, he just didn't know how to handle heat yeah. and liquor. It just started acting. It just, it, it wasn't romantic anymore. Like when we first started dating, he wouldn't get drunk on a date with me. Okay. Then it got to the point where he got so comfortable. If we went to a restaurant, he would sit and just get wasted on the fucking Wow. Day. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it, it was like, he, became, he was starting to become an embarrassment. Mm. Yeah, so. And, and what were, what, what, was it the passion, him him being? I got to be honest with you. Yeah, I was stigmatized. Like, all the words oh, that we use wow. now, we didn't have those words back then, but I absolutely was. And I, you know what? The drinking made the sex more passionate. Like, really? I had my lip poked out. Like, I don't want you drinking like this cashmere. Like, you really shouldn't. And he really, like, grab my shut up. You know you like me when I'm drunk. And next thing you know, we having the greatest sex ever. And I would shut up. <laughs> And then, you know, he's giving me money for a new wig and yeah. to get my nails done. And we going to dinner again. And, you know, it was a lot of stuff that I let slide. Yeah. But um, then it got super stupid. This is where the hobby comes in. So I would say maybe about month three after dating, when I'm discovering that he likes to drink in excess, mm-hmm. he showed up at my house with like little cut under his eye, bruise mm-hmm. on his face. I was like, why are you cut? You had a fight? So he joined me like, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. So he came in and, you know, he's comfortable now. He's yeah. comfortable with my homegirl. Everybody love him. He flopped down on the bed. He was like, I'll talk to you about it. So he jumps up out of nowhere. A couple of hours later, the day he came home with the bruises. Yeah, babe, we started a fight club at work. I said a fight. <laughs> a fight club. I wouldn't bullshit you. This long. is when the movie came out? Yes. Yeah. So he really let, and I'm talking about he was so excited. He let the shit get him. He's like, yeah, we started a fight club at work. I said, what you mean a fight club at work? Where they was really after work, on the job, just <laughs> fucking each other up for money. So I, they, wow. Fighting each other for money, placing bets on each other, just like in the damn movie. And like you said, it was because of this stupid ass movie, Fight Club. Yeah. Imagine if it would have came out now. Oh, it'd be gun club. Yeah. Like, these dudes ain't ready yeah. to throw no hands like that. Oh, you right. bruise one of these yeah. guys now, that's the end of their life. <laughs> yeah, like, what? You got a cut said gun club. Yeah, so he came home with, you know, a little cut in the bruise. And then, so I told my friend, she just looked at me. It was like, ooh, cashmere, crazy. But you know what? They liked him so much, they just thought he was so cool. Yeah. And like, Only I said, Danielle knew him? Or other friends knew him? Other friends. Like, he would come, like, all my little Bronx people. Oh, I should have mentioned that. Everybody fell in love with cashmere. It was a life of the Party. Yeah. Like I said, he was generous. He was making all this money. Like he was really the type. Like say we would have a day. Like you know, we was trying to be grown. We'd have a day on Friday. Look, Danielle called it fuck him, fuck him, and feed him fish on Friday. That she said that's something her mother taught her. Her mother would say that fuck him and feed him fish on Friday. Oh, so on really? Friday she would actually have fish fries and cashmere was the one here. How much y'all spend on the fish? Or oh, this is what I want. How much you need? It, you know, 100, 150, and that was good money. We yeah. talking about the early 2000s. And some, then there was times, fish, crabs, he would, all yeah, stuff. he wouldn't just come in drunk. He'll come in with bags in each hand full of liquor. So you mm. coming in with money and liquor. With a, oh, they love to see cashmere coming. Yeah, yeah. Like, if he wasn't around, it was like, we're cashmere. Right. You know, so. Do you remember his sign? Oh, my God. 
goodness. Uh, cashmere? You know what? I'm going to tell you. I had to, I was able to look it up and I'll tell you why. We'll get further oh, into yes. his hobby. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, and that's back then I wasn't into astrology and I actually should have been because it definitely matters. But that's another um topic for another day. I think cashmere was a Virgo. What? Yes. I hear all these bad things about Virgo. You hear no, what you Tyler be saying about Virgo. He was actually the, yeah, and I love Tyler's talent. I'm a disciple yeah. of Tyler. I actually, he to me was the opposite of what I thought about Virgos. You know, Virgos are known for being like super like anti, like germ of, germs and shit, like they're germaphobes. To put it like this, to me, it was outside of a Virgo's nature to come home with bruises and right, cuts right, and right. letting somebody whoop on them. He was super clean, yeah. very neat, very sexy, clean cut. But that part, that wasn't Virgo energy. That must have been a part, some other part of his Some astrology. rising or moon. Yes, or some yeah, other, he yeah. must have had some Scorpio in him or something, Aries, yeah. and he wanted <laughs> to fight like that. My so, brother's Aries, that's crazy. Yeah, they love the fight, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So... Um, with this hobby of his, how often would it happen? It got to the point where I was losing count. Like, he was just coming in, beat up, bruised, fucked up, don't want to talk about it, drunk. But then, this is where the violence starts. I would say after maybe about three, four times of complaining about it, it turned into a grab session. One day, I was complaining about the fight and shit. I was like, yo... You're starting to look real wild. Like, you come, now I'm being grown. I'm acting like a cougar. You look, you're coming in with bruises and shit on you. I was like, you're starting to look real crazy. i never forget one day he grabbed me, and it was like, yo, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Don't mm. I give you money? Don't I take care of you? I don't want to hear this shit. He didn't hit me, but he pulled me in so close, and it was just so, it was, it was violent. Aggressive. Yeah, yeah, it was super aggressive. It was just, and you t- he had never spoken to me like that before. Mm. And I was just, like, devastated. And this is behind closed doors in my room yeah. where nobody can hear. And I'm embarrassed to tell because I really was crazy about him. I didn't want to start, you know, any trouble within my friend's household. Yeah. So I kind of just let him get away with that. Really? Yeah. And I shouldn't have, but I did. Uh, and uh, that was the first time that happened. That was the very first time. So you allowing that opened another door. Yes. But for basically to just get crazier. Yeah. Then, oh, speaking of crazier, he got crazier. So So this honeymoon stage is over. Yes, it's it's, it's way over. So now we're about, so we went from spring, now we deep in the summer. Let's just say maybe about August now. Um, He went from the fight club. He comes home one day. And he's got books on his arm. I wouldn't bullshit you, Lama. I'm like, what the? What kind of books you read? And you stopped at the library. This man <laughs> got books of martial arts. He got some Bruce Lee book. Some he other. Must get, he must have been getting beat up. He got to tighten the skills up. No, he wanted to become a student of the martial arts genre. Mm-hmm. So he went from fight like it, it just got super crazy. So you went from. Regular, like, bare knuckles fighting to now you want to be a real martial artist. So, again, everybody in the circle just thought it was hilarious. Oh, Cashmere crazy. Look at it. It was calling him Bruce Cashmere. Like, look at (laughs) Bruce Cashmere. Look at you. So, he would, like, it got to the point where, say, you know, we'll have a get-together at the house. He'll ask if he could demonstrate shit on them or whatever and do it. But when he got to me, this is what was embarrassing. One day, he kind of, like, lined everybody up and did some kind of body slam. Because yeah. now he wants to be a martial artist. He's reading yeah. books and shit. So he did it on my friend. 
He did it on like two more people. When he did it on me, it was like he was really trying to snap my back in half. And they even looked like, whoa, like, son, like, that's that's a woman. What are you doing? Yeah. And it was like, ah, she all right, she all right. So wow. basically, he started using me as like his like a dummy. test dummy yeah. here for all of the stupid martial arts shit that he was into. And this was in front of people. And it got to the point where behind closed doors, it was even worse. And I was so embarrassed because I was asking myself, like, how did I get here? Like, what the fuck did I do to deserve this? Mm-hmm. Or is he, like, my mind was just so blown. It was like, maybe he is serious about martial arts and he's not trying to hurt me. Like, he never made me bleed. Like, I never had, like, a broken bone or broken jaw or whatever. Yeah. But he was just being really, like, like now it turned violent. Your body slamming me, you're choking me. It, it was crazy. Man. Exactly. It that's crazy. that's not cool. At yeah. All. So that brings it back to when you asked what were his hobbies. This it became was his hobby. Everything was all about what? fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. It was like, my God, what what did I do to get and here? And taking it out on you? Yeah. Yeah. For no reason. It, it's not even taking it out. Like like you said, using me like as a crash test dummy. Yeah, so he'll learn something. Yeah, and and like, it, what kind but, of yeah that was what he was saying. Like he'll read something. Like one day, he really had the book in his hand. We standing in my friend's kitchen. He's like, yo, come here, come here. And I was like, what? And he just grabbed me and did some type of crazy technique on me while he had the book in one hand. <laughs> I'm so serious. You know, even though I wasn't a baby, I was so young where I... I can't say I didn't know right from wrong, but yeah. it, it's like, I didn't know who to tell. It was embarrassing. Look at me today. I'm in my 40s and talking about it now is crazy. Yeah. So imagine then actually being in it. It was right. just out of control. I didn't know what to do. Dang. Yeah. Because people will laugh. Yeah. They'd be it's, like, it, what? Yeah, see, look what you <laughs> said. People will laugh. I'm just thinking about if somebody came up to me and said, yeah, my boyfriend just did this. This chokehold on me. I'm like, 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 huh? hi-ya. like, yeah, it was like, oh, yo, come here, come here. <laughs> Boom, slam. It was like, oh, come on. Then I would be like, well, he needs some help. Mm-hmm. Speaking of help, and then it started to get, you know, I was trying to keep it under wraps. I was embarrassed. There was a lot of things that was happening. Look, in that room behind closed doors, then he started embarrassing me publicly. It got to the point where he just didn't give a fuck no more. Doing we what? were at a barbecue one day in the Bronx, in it was a barbecue in the Bronx. Like I said, we lived uptown, but we yeah. go back and forth between the Bronx and Harlem. So we were at a barbecue in the Bronx, and one of my people's friends was looking for something. She came to the table where we were at mm-hmm. and asked for something, and he gave her an answer that was like so disrespectful. It was just like the way he answered. He might have said something about what, what could I get you with your fine ass, and she looked at him. And mind you, her man was there too. Yeah. He wasn't immediately where we were, but he was, was he in drunk the air. At the t- yeah, he was drunk. Yeah. That's what he would do. Oh, yeah. So he turned into the embarrassing boyfriend while everybody else is up having a good time. You got to sit still because you fucked up drunk. And I don't want you to embarrass me. So yeah. I just want you to sit your ass still. So she came over. She could have been looking for it. Maybe she was looking for the potato salad. I don't remember. Yeah. But when she came over, it was like, you seen such and such or whatever it is. He was like, what you looking for with your fine ass? I looked at him like, cashmere. Like, what are you doing? And he grabbed me. He was like, what, you want to show off? You out here showing up? Like, it, it turned into shit like that. Wow. Oh, you showing off? You want me to embarrass you? Like a total you? Yeah, you want me to embarrass you in front of your friends? Then there was one time we were all sitting in the house. And he was yeah. just drunk and acting stupid. They would, we would just have nights nice sometimes. We would just stay up. Like, I wasn't smoking back then. 
And he wasn't either. But they would smoke mm-hmm. and we would drink. And we would just have sessions where we just sit up kicking it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like her apartment was like the hangout. Yeah. In the same. It wasn't like in a disrespectful way. Yeah. It was like, yeah, you know, come downstairs, Danielle house. We want all sit, chill, whatever she cooked. But mm-hmm. I would cook because I like cooking. And he said something, again, disrespectful to one of the group. I don't remember what it was, but whatever he said, it made me look at him. And I replied, I might have said, you really embarrassing me. Look, I felt like Tina Turner, like, you embarrassing me. Mm -hmm. And you know what he did? I'll never forget this as long as I live. He grabbed me and said, shut the fuck up, because you know I'll be fucking you up when nobody's around. And he said this out loud. And everybody paused, like, Wow. Yeah. So you're not black people. I was like, oh, my, my business. Yeah. But it embarrassed the shit out of me. So, yeah. Wow. So yeah. it was just like a series of embarrassments. Well, for you, yeah. have you ever thought about leaving multiple times? But No, just- because remember, this heat was coming to me. So I was just accepting it. And then no, again, about when he act like this and, and do embarrassing things, you never threaten like. Oh, to, let me tell you. Speaking of leaving, leave. we had a date yeah. one night. We had a movie night. This is when he started acting real stupid. He um was trying to like hem me up in the movie theater. I don't know what had gotten into him. What kind of devil had hit him? And I, I like got away from him. So I started running. Never forget. And I ended up in the ladies' room in the movie theater. This is in Times Square. Whenever yeah. I used to go to Forty Dudes to the movies, you know what this idiot did? I'm standing. In the bathroom, this woman watched me. She was like, what are you doing? And I was like, shh, shh. She was like, are you all right? I was like, just shh. I knew he would do it. He came into the woman's bathroom, and he's going underneath each door, going, I know you in here. I know you in here. And he cr- he climbed under. He saw me. I'm standing on top of the toilet seat with my feet because I didn't want him to see my feet because he would know I was in there. And he came, and he grabbed me, and then he kissed me. It was just like, Toxic. We didn't have a word for it yeah. back then. It was toxic. So I thought he was going to hit me, and he didn't hit me. He actually kissed me, and you know, turning into one of those. You always doing something crazy. You be hurting my feelings, and, and then you know, we was this your having first experience with somebody. Yes, like this, I had never like. Oh my goodness. When did it become like so bad? You had to like take a break or leave. There was a final straw. There was no break. It went from. Um, a uh, hundred to zero real quick. So again, like I said, it was a very short lived relationship. So now we're going towards the full. It was one night he had come home drunk from work, took a shower. And then it got to the point where he wasn't even fun anymore. He would really like either flop down on the bed, fall asleep, get up to take a shower and fall asleep again. Mm. And or get up just to argue and fight. Yeah. So this one particular night, he had did this. It was a Friday. Yeah. So we're going into the weekend. Nobody got to go to work or whatever. And... um. He was drunk and decided to start an argument with me because I was, I think I was complaining about the drunk shit or whatever. You know what? I was trying to find my strength yeah. at that age. It was just like, I would wait until he was semi-calm and say, I don't like the way you are, Cashmere. I really wish you wouldn't be this way. And he just started, like I said, he became the shut the fuck up man. Like, wouldn't even listen. Mm. There was no reasoning with him. So this particular yeah. night, it was bad. What he would did was he started choking me so bad that I couldn't even scream. Like, I couldn't get the scream out. He was cutting off, like, my windpipe, like, my vocal cords. I couldn't scream, and I had never been so scared. And at that time, I had a telephone in my bedroom. So when he turned his back, it's like he, he choked me out like that. He was on me with the shut the fuck up, stop complaining. And 
when he dropped me, he turned his back on me to go to sleep. Like, fuck you, bitch. Shut the fuck up. So what happened was I picked up the phone. This is when, you know, you got the old house phones. Yeah. You could hear it. So as soon I was, I picked it up. I didn't care. I just was crying. And I dialed 911. I don't even know what my mind state was because we wasn't home alone. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what made me dial 911. And he turned over. It's like he woke up like a beast. He turned over yeah. and he pushed the receiver down. He clicked it. Mm. He was like, you calling the cops on me? And I didn't know what to do. So I started crying. And about five minutes later, no bullshit. 911 is not a joke. Cops showed up at the door. Yeah. How did they know what it? To- that's when I discovered that when you dial 911, especially back then from yeah. a home phone, even if you hang up, that's an emergency. It's already in motion. And they really feel like something must have happened. Like that's the act. Address, because it's, 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 it's connected. It's yeah, but yeah. they feel like that's the ultimate 911. Somebody dialing 911 and then they get a dial tone. They feel like that's a person in distress. Yes, yes. I didn't know that till that oh, night. Man, yeah, wow. Because when they showed up at the door, it was like, so my people's answer to us. She was like, you called the cops? And I was like, yeah. She was like, what the fuck is going on? So I explained it to the cops. You could have just seen what they said. If looks could kill. Yeah. I explained to them the situation without giving too many embarrassing details. I didn't tell them about Bruce Lee martial arts. I was like, you know, he is being violent with me. He has been drinking and I don't feel safe. And they told him that he had to pack his stuff and go. Yeah. And he gave me the look of death. He walked out and um, that wasn't the end of it. I just, I thought it was, you know, I'm thinking, you know, you're going back home to your mother, your people. I didn't hear from him for about two days. Wow. I, and you know what? I really didn't feel bad. I can't even say I felt free. I just felt, you know what? My nerves like were relief. on edge. Not even a relief because what? I didn't, I oh, didn't trust didn't it. Was I, didn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't trust it. So anyway, we all sitting in the house maybe about a week later. It's me, my peoples, Danielle, a people spot, eight of us in the house. Again, they smoking. I don't mm-hmm. smoke. I'm sitting there with a drink. So we hear somebody going, Stella, no shit. Like, Stella, Stella is me. She lived on the fifth floor at that time. So she got a big apartment. She got windows yeah. all around. Got windows in the back, windows on the side. She came. She like, bitch, come. She said, Joe, cashmere is standing outside. This idiot was standing outside calling up to me. Like, you had to see the street light was on. It was crazy. On the fifth floor? He's standing downstairs and looking up, yelling. Like, you know, five flights. Yeah, that's not that's... Just yelling. Just yelling at me from downstairs and just saying all kind of shit. I'm going to kill you. Won't you come downstairs? i never forget. It was crazy. We was just standing there looking at him like, yo, my people's there. Yo, she was like, yo, catch me. You're crazy. What you doing? He was like, tell her to come downstairs, Danielle, because I'm going to see her. I'm going to get her one way or the other. Like, just acting like a maniac in a movie yeah. against some shit that I had never experienced. And then he did the ultimate. What? I wish we could find my people's right now and dig them up and call them so they know, so you know that I'm not bullshitting. He stood out there. This went on, like, throughout the night. He refused to leave. Like, we, it got to the point where they got a kick out of it. It was like, yo, this nigga is <laughs> He's bugging out. crazy. We was just, like, taking turns, going in the window, like, who gonna watch him next? Acting stupid. So he just pacing back and forth, yelling wild, violent shit upstairs to me. I say maybe about an hour after he had been out there, he had his hands behind his head. She was like, yo, come to the window. He had his dick out. He was standing there pissing and said, I'm pissing on you, Grace. Stella, look at me. I'm pissing on you. And mind you, this is uptown where anything oh, goes down. 
So ain't nobody giving a fuck. Anybody walking past him, they ain't minding yeah, his business. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. thinking he's just a maniac. Ain't yeah. nobody trying to stop him. I said, you got to be shit me. And I didn't want to call the cops because I didn't want to invite that type of energy back mm-hmm. to the house. And then she was like, come on, we got people. You want somebody to go downstairs and see them? I didn't want that energy either yeah. because, like I said, this is uptown. They want a whole nother level with it, you know, with yeah. fighting dudes or whatever. And um, oof, <laughs> that was it. So he was pissing on my grave. And I guess he stood out there, I say for about two to three hours Sheesh. until he wore himself out. And, and that was and back then there was no social media, no Instagram, no MySpace, no Facebook, no nothing. So when he disappeared, he really like just like blew away never came with back. the wind. Never came back again. You it was like some goat him. never bumped into him. Because you know the uptown is big. You know, I yeah. said you got the Bronx, you got Harlem. Yeah. So where he lived uptown, well, when he was staying with his mother was nowhere near my side of town. And I honestly never saw him again on the train. But I didn't know it could have been like that series you. He could have been lurking in the shadows for Probably. all I know. And the one thing my friend said that I should have listened to back then that I did, she said, you need to go and get you an order of protection. That's before yes. they were saying restraining order. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't think I want to do it. It just felt so time consuming. And I was on some lazy shit. I was like, well, he's not around or whatever. And um, that was it. Never heard from him. No more. He didn't stalk me. I was expecting some stalking and shit. Yeah. I think he just kind of like wore himself out. Is there ever um, infidelity in this? You know what? We didn't have time for that. We were literally lasted a season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I met him in the spring. Okay. And by Halloween, we was done. Yeah. It was really like a whirlwind, short-lived, young mm-hmm. romance that went, they used to say, from sugar to shit real quick. <laughs> and um, so let's fast forward yeah. to the 2000s, like the mid-2000s. Yeah. So anyway. Leave it to one of my people to mention him. You know, out of nowhere, like, yo, you ever heard from Cashmere again mm-hmm. or seen him? I said, you know what's so funny? No, I haven't. And now we got social media. That's what made them ask. So we just was sitting one day yeah. and just trading stories about all the shit that we, you know, experienced when I was living uptown or whatever. Just right. a night we just kicking. It's like, yo, remember that crazy nigga Cashmere? You nothing with something said look him up. It was just out of curiosity. Yeah. Are you already views of an ex-listener? <laughs> this was Mr. Cashmere, the, the fighter coming home with bruises, fight club starter. I looked him up. Right. And he showed up. His picture and his name was like on a marquee for B.B. Kings because he is currently an MMA fighter. You lying. <laughs> look after look. When it's done, I'll tell I'll show you everything. Look, like he really fights professional. He's a professional MMA fighter, a title fighter. He's of championship levels. Really, <laughs> crazy ass. The way made money. Yes, and it's like it was in a way. It, I, I had That's to laugh. Hilarious. It was not even a slap in the face. It was really one of those was moments. Like, oh, these practice made, moves. He was like, yes. It was like, it, it was really a, a well, I'll be damn moment. Right. Well, oh I'll be goddamn. And he fights to this day on a professional level. If you're into that shit and you do pay-per-view, you'll see him. <laughs> really? Yeah. And he's a real ass kicker. Like, he, I just couldn't believe it. He bring in all those books and studied them. And it and was real. Like, who knew? Like, that's why I said I, I had so many different exes that I could have chose yeah. from. 
But this was one of the wildest that yeah. I had experienced early in my life. So, yeah, he's a professional fighter now. Yeah, championship No, you didn't reach out to him though, right? Absolutely not. Oh, my goodness. I don't want to get my ass kicked. Can you imagine? (laughs) Like, now you're world class. He could probably do some shit to knock me out, put me to sleep, and nobody ever hear from me again. No, thank you. Oh, my God. So, after after Cashman disappeared, where where was you at mentally? You know what? Um, That's a really good question. I think for the most of my 20s, that was one of the roughest periods of my life as far as mm-hmm. then. And I think I had a bad habit of getting involved with men just because I was attracted to them. Yeah. Whether somebody else found them attractive or not, it didn't matter. Yeah. And I was really dating men based on how cute they were or how much game they was running. Like, yeah. I didn't... I wasn't using comments. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't using common sense. It was like, ooh, he cute, he's spending money, I'm gonna date him. Next thing you know, you know... It's something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually, in my later years, ran into another cashmere. And this is my advice, especially to the ladies on that listen to Views of an Ex. A lesson that I learned from this, try to avoid men who choose violent, aggressive hobbies. Because years later, in my very early 30s, I got involved with a dude who jumped up and decided that he wanted to be a bodybuilder. So look, bodybuilders, boxers, martial artists, they come with a lot of baggage because it's very rare that a young, in my opinion, most young black men that decide that they want to do shit like that, they usually have a troubled past. You ever notice like even most of the the, the prize fighters out here that came up, you know, in the streets, in the Mm -hmm. trenches, group homes, shit like that. Mm -hmm. It's not a background of happiness and they kind of bring that bullshit into their relationships. The ones that do come up with a good back uh, background, Where they them at? and their daddies was boxing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Come on, even their like families. I said, down to Mike Tyson, history of domestic violence yeah. and abusing women. Um, Floyd Mayweather, he yeah. got stories. Him and his ex yeah. used to shoot at each other in the street. Like, it's when is it good? Yeah. So, again, like I said, my advice to the ladies listening, if you meet a man, you better off dealing with a dude that said he wants to be a DJ or a rapper <laughs> than you are some man telling you that he wants to box yeah, and, football, and football, even football, yeah, whoop people for a living. So, yeah, that that was the lesson wow. that I learned. Just be very, very... Cautious of the hobbies. Yes. Wow. <laughs> hobbies, I like that word. Yeah, fucking people up as a hobby. It's a hobby. It, it's definitely yeah. a red flag. As you're going out there, <laughs> taking your, your, your... Somebody made a cause you pain at work. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to get out on this person. Yeah, and no fight clubs. If you meet a man talking about that he wants to start a fight club or start <laughs> one, that's definitely a red flag. My coworker does a fight club. Oh, so, oh shit. I should interview him. Look, right? is he from uptown? <laughs> <laughs> but that's crazy. So mentally you was, um, you just couldn't date. It took, it took you a long time to find the next person? No, it didn't. I was right. honestly, um, they, men found me. Yeah. Like, like you said, this personality that I got now, just imagine me in my 20s. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. that's when I was in my fresh prime. Gotcha. So I was like, I don't want to say I had like a magnetic attraction about me. Or like how um Charlie Murphy said about Rick James. It was like my aura. Yeah. Something yeah. about my aura. The men were just drawn to me. So I got mixed up in a lot of shit. Some good, some bad, some mm-hmm. crazy. And he was one of the crazies. Wow. <laughs> that's, that is yeah, it's crazy. crazy. Let's call it what it is. Yeah. Um... Shoot, I had a question, but it just left my mind. I'm sorry. I'm thinking about this. I want to see who he is. That's why. Oh, you're definitely going to see. Put Look, some money on him. Yeah, you. You know what? <laughs> you probably could, but yeah, I'll show him to you. Um. So, 
Stella, after this, uh, you're coping the hill. Like, like, learning from, going from having that one boyfriend to this, mm-hmm. total different thing. How did you look at men after? Okay, one thing I will say with my experience is this is what um, brought me to this today, too. I wanted to say this, too. The Stella that you're looking at now, mm-hmm. now I get the label for being strong when it comes to men. Like, mm-hmm. I just love them and leave them. You mistreat me, you raise your voice at me, think you're going to raise your hand at me, it's over. I'm out. Yeah. Straining order. I'm not dealing with you. There's no going back. And I have friends, especially my young friends, they look at me now and they say, girl, you so strong. I wish I could be like you. I keep going back. And I don't think they realize. And I have to let them know this is from years of experience. It's not that I'm so strong. My experiences were my teacher. Mm-hmm. And that's how I ended up how I am today. And honestly, I'm grateful for yeah. it. I'm so happy that I took all my bumps and bruises then from my Late teens, all the way up into my very early 30s, I got that shit over with because I can't imagine me now in my 40s mm-hmm. going through. Can you imagine me meeting a dude like that now? That's like, crazy. I know yeah, women I mean, in their 40s wow. going through crazy shit like that right now. And they feel like, oh, I'm here and out of state. Yes, oh, because yeah. you don't know. So don't basically, know all of the lessons and I'm not saying that I know everything and I've done everything, but I've done a lot and I've right, experienced right, right, right. a lot. So there, there are things that I could never imagine myself going through now. Mm. Like you can't pull the wool over my eyes. Like they say, you ain't got the drop on me. You yeah. think you playing the game with me? I'm not the one. So I like where I am right now. This Stella, who she is right here, right now today, I'm real comfortable with. Okay, okay. Yes. Were you married? Yeah. <laughs> I think he's going to say that because you know that's the, the ultimate. If you ain't got no ring, where you hood and that. Um, no, I'm not married. Again, you know. Previously? No? No. Nobody ever No, right. no Kids? husband. No children. No. Right. Look, that ship has sailed by you, me. Yeah, so when you was in your 30s, you mm-hmm. know how you got that little time. I'm in my you know 30s what? now, so I'm meeting women that are, like, trying to rush stuff. But see, and- I was different. This is something. Um, I made a decision years ago that I didn't want children because of um, past traumas. Yes. You know, I, I got mommy issues. Like, okay. another, You know, that's that's another, like, that's a tasty topic for another day. But um, so I decided a long time ago there's enough children in this world that need love and care and attention. And I promised that I was going to be the best auntie god mom that mm-hmm. I could be. I don't need to that's actually nice. birth children. <laughs> into this world to mm-hmm. prove my worth as a woman. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. good. All right. At least she was honest to yourself. Yeah. I'm meeting women that's, all right, so yeah, trying to get married. Oh, oh to... you the most wanted baby father. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, But dating now is just different for me. So being in your 40s, mm-hmm. a senior questionnaire, I don't know if you want to talk about it. I, I can talk about it. You in a situationship. Yes. You know what I didn't like because it, I think the question you asked was, married, single, or situationship. Yes. So I didn't have, or like, too many... Right. So I just put situationship because that's just, like, the thing that they call it now. Yes, like, yes. somebody would look at me and say, like, I'm seeing somebody heavily. I don't see anybody but him. Mm. We don't live together. We're not married to each other. We're not engaged. Yes. So it's like... And, you know, I had... This is something that I've talked about. I care about him, but I care about him enough to tell him... If you meet somebody outside of me that you... So you're, like, in an open... No, we're not in open... Like, if you feel like you're tired of me, like, there's no no weight around his ankle keeping him there. Like, I feel like relationships is something you fight for and you try to hold on to. Mm -hmm. I'm not in that right now. Like, I'm really in... uh, We going through this together. We take it day by day. Mm -hmm. We make each other happy. But if you get on my nerves, you can go. If I get on... We can just bail out. 
Yeah, I ain't trying to hold you. That's that's what I mean. That's why I call it a situation ship because I feel like in a relationship, there's like more fight. More, we gotta yeah, yeah. make this happen. We gotta make this right. No, I'm not. So you just about the experience, experience yeah. people, and, and yeah. And I okay. feel like the right one, as they say, if you love me and you want to lock me in, and I feel like you're worthy, it'll happen. Okay, okay. Man, that comes. That's maturity. Yeah, exactly. That comes with age. Yeah, right? and getting beat up by a future MMA fighter. <laughs> Now you said learn about people's hobbies before you get in, get with them, or yes, just in general? absolutely no. Like like I said, learned. when you find out, find out. I love that you said hobbies. See yeah. what the the people that you're dating are into. Mm-hmm. Like you'd be surprised that the shit that they're into. That's a lot of what makes up their personality. Like I said, look at this. True. You a bodybuilder, you know, MMA fighter. Like mm-hmm. all they wanted to do was aggressive fighting yeah, shit. Yeah. Yep. Like come on. What would you say is your other biggest lesson learned from it? You just now quitting alcohol? It's fine. Oh. Why are you watching my drink? Ah, you're right. I finished mine. Yeah. That's the other half. Man. You about to be lit. Yes. That's how that's I do. <laughs> What's another lesson learned in that relationship? Okay. Listen to friends when they give advice, especially friends that been through wild sh- shit like yeah. that. Like, I had never experienced stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I was telling you, my girlfriend was like, you need to get in order protection against this man. I very well should have, especially but sometimes, with the, But how do you know when to listen? You don't. Mm-hmm. But that's why, that's the lesson that I've learned. Listen to the good shit. You gotta filter out the bad shit, because yes. that definitely was not bad advice. You have a person being abusive to you, yes. and you got a friend or a family member saying you need to get some help or restraining mm-hmm. order, that's never bad advice. Yeah. So that's the lesson that I've learned. Just take heed to good advice. You know what good advice usually is? The shit that you don't want to hear at the time. Yeah. That's usually what makes it good. Yeah. The shit is, I don't feel like hearing this shit. Yeah, it's probably something you needed to hear and listen to. So yeah, that's the lesson I learned. Okay. Just take the good. Yes, yes. Where have you learned love or learned about positive love? Um, I can say... Love, I mean. You know, not to keep um, knocking my mother, but she deserves a good knock. Like I said, I got mommy issues. So I was raised on my father's side of the family, and that's where I saw love. I had both my grandparents. Mm -hmm. It seemed like everybody on my father's side of the family was married. Yeah. You know, or in committed relationships. Like, I really saw family structure from that. Mm. Like, I felt like that was the way it was supposed to be. Like, you got people that look at shows like The Cosby Show and go, oh, that's bullshit. That's not reality. Mm-hmm. Honestly, on my father's side, that was the reality. Yeah. And I learned love from that. But on the opposite and the issue that I had was meeting men who didn't know about shit like that. Like, I didn't grow up in this household with, you know, drug-addicted parents mm-hmm. and all this other shit. And then especially, you know, being that I'm a 70s baby, yeah. I came up during the crack era. So you were really literally yeah. dating men whose mothers the was mother, out yeah. there doing that shit. And it was like, how can you expect a, a man who's living like this to be in love with you? Exactly, yeah. We you just, know? That's what I, was, I say a lot of times for us, it's just trial and error. Yeah. It's like, all right, you messed up that relationship. What you learned from it? Go to the next one. Yeah, but sometimes like, the errors are just so bad. Yeah, bad. bad. Like, I just want to just give one example. When you said learning about love, I remember I was crazy about a dude on my block when I still lived at home mm-hmm. in my late teens. And I was just crazy about him again because he was cute. He was cute and he was popular. I heard some screaming outside my window one day and I looked outside my window and he was swinging a bat at his mother in the street. She was crackhead. 
And now that I look back, what they say, hindsight is twenty twenty. I used to wonder why he treated me so bad and he never liked me the way I thought he should. And now that I'm in my 40s, I look back and say, how could you expect a man who could swing a bat at his mother in the street? How do you expect that he was supposed yeah, to love you? Yeah. You know, so it's, it's wow. a lot, yeah. Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For somebody going through a heartbreak or a breakup, what's some advice you would give them? I don't, I don't even want to call it advice. All I can say is you have to find methods of here. I'm going to use that word, that mighty H word of healing (laughs) that work for you. You have to, you have to heal. And one, okay, this advice I would give, don't jump in and out. When you're going through the heartbreak, let it hurt. Let it burn. Get over the pain. Don't look for somebody else to carry you through that heartbreak or to put band-aids mm-hmm. on your wounds. Got to find whatever it is that heals you mm-hmm. before you can move. That's the lesson. Got you. Stella in her 40s, what would you tell Ooh. Stella in her 20s? Oh, boy. I would have to write a book for Stella in her 20s. But one thing, the old saying that everything that glitters ain't gold. Mm-hmm. Like, I really... Don't think just because some guy is cute yeah. and dressed nice that you should just give him a chance based on that. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's what I would tell Stella in my 20s. Because that's where a lot of my mistakes were made. A lot made. of women need just to hear that. Choosing yeah. that. And a lot of women won't admit that. We make all these excuses. If you can really go back into your 20s as a woman and ask, how did you get mixed up with most of the men that you got mixed up with, especially the bad ones? He was so cute. He was Mr. Swaggy, Mr. Popularity. He was the coolest cat on the block. And mm-hmm. it was like, what, what else did he have besides that? Probably nothing. At all. Yeah. And then when you get to know them, you know that that stuff ain't really there. Yeah. Or it, it, it's not, or it wasn't even worth it. Yeah. Like all that surface level yeah. shit wasn't yeah. worth all of the pain underneath. Exactly. It's, do you feel like the good guy gets the bad end of the stick? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I, I have... Learn that. That's another lesson I would tell Stella in my 20s. Don't skip over the good guys. Don't think because some dude is a nice guy that he's a punk in a square. I had a real bad habit Mm. of skipping over. Like, I messed over some really, really decent guys just because of that reason. You know, because he wasn't outside playing CeeLo because he wasn't fighting pit bulls. Like, this is the type of shit that I really was attracted to. Like, yeah. what was wrong with Stella in her 20s? Look, like I said, I didn't even smoke. Right, right. It's, it was it was the aesthetic. It was, yeah, it was. I need a roughneck. Yeah, I'm like, that, yep. I swear, it's funny you said that. It, it was the music. It was yeah. the vibe. Look, me moving uptown. It was a lot of that type of energy yeah. up there. Oh, like, he looked like DMX. Oh, he looked like this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on, DMX was a heartthrob back then. Like, Mm -hmm. who would have thought? Like, when you tell that the young girls now, they laugh at me. Like, they're like, DMX? Yeah, DMX. Women love that guy. Yeah, Yeah, so. so. (laughs) Last but not least, the song you like to dedicate to Cashmere. To Cashmere, I would like to dedicate Now I Don't by Lauryn Hill and Mary J. Blige from off of Lauryn Hill's first and only full album. Miss Education of right. Lauren Hill. Now I don't. Now I don't. Uh, uh, I don't know the song. I mean, the words, but I know the song. Him. Now I don't. It just feels so good to yeah. say because, I, like you say, even when I looked him up, I had no desire to mm-hmm. reach out to him. Mm-hmm. It just was like, look at this fool now. 
Mm-hmm. Now, if you had that 20-year-old mindset and he's an MMA fighter professionally, he would have mm-hmm. been like, oh, let me give back. Would you? Um, no. Oh, I mean, it, it still wouldn't have mattered because who's to say that he's not going upside of whoever's head that he's with, if he's even with anybody. He might be some kind of nut job that can't even keep a woman. I don't know nothing about his life. Yes. I just know when I read, I saw his stats and shit in his picture. I was like, yo, he's really a fighter. That's funny. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I'll Thank you, Stella. That's, that's Thank been you an episode. for having me, Llama. I Anything really... you would like to put out there? Again, you can oh follow me on Instagram, everybody. If you're interested in Stella's life, mm-hmm. I'm on Instagram at Stella Belafonte. I'm never on Facebook. I don't have Snapchat. Barely on, on Twitter. Uh, yeah, because Facebook is kind of like, wow to me. I haven't... If I end up on Facebook, it's because somebody sent me a link to something, but yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. never on Facebook. Yeah. And again... um, my little shaky podcast that I am going to have Llama as a guest on yes, is please. called Tasty Topics. Mm-hmm. Again, you can find it on Spotify, Anchor, and Google Podcasts. That's good. Yeah. But thank you, Stella. We finally got this done. Yes. Thank you for having like, me. I, I, I can't wait to get on I here. was so nervous. I'm probably, you can probably see how nervous I am. Uh-huh. And, but I, it felt good to be here. That I was, hope I didn't bore you. That was nah, my that was number good. one fear. I didn't want you to You was looking at those comments. That's why. <laughs> yes. Like, I hope I don't get yes, on there. Yes, look, you got an audience, you, tough customers. She came, first she picked another guy to talk about, mm-hmm. and then I put out an episode, and she seen the comments was coming back that was bad. Like, <laughs> oh, this lady should have just did this. It was, a, yes, like, it was boring. I don't so she said, you know what? Bored. Let me change it to this one, because it's more juice than that one. Yes, I was like, all right. That's exactly what I She was I did. watching. <laughs> I'll watch. But thank you, Stella. Thank you for having me. That's been me. Views of an X. Views of an X. Yeah. Oh,